I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. In today's segment, we're going to have a fascinating discussion about innovation and ESG programming. Joining us is Johanna Jobin, Global Head, Corporate Reputation and Responsibility at Biogen, an $11 billion American multinational biotechnology company based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that specializes in the discovery, development, and delivery of therapies for the treatment of neurological diseases to patients worldwide. They have an ethos. And they talk about caring deeply, working fearlessly, changing lives. You're going to hear in this conversation about how those behaviors influence Johanna and her team to truly innovate from signature programming to their foundation grant making to their community lab and then ultimately to their reporting. You'll be mesmerized by their $250 million commitment to their signature program called Healthy Climate, Healthy Lives over a 20-year period that was announced right during the pandemic in the summer of 2020. You're going to hear how something as bold as this looks to the future of the intersection of climate, of brain health, of underserved populations, underrepresented, and how equities can be created and new programs can be created with exceptional partnerships from MIT, from Harvard, and from the World Business Council on Sustainable Development. Johanna will share with us their 20-year anniversary of their foundation and community lab and how they're working with underrepresented students to expose them to careers in neuroscience and biotechnology. In one of their programs, they had an uptake from 56% interest to 100% interest. Amazing. And then we're going to hear about their focus on ratings and rankings and why transparency builds trust in organizations with all stakeholders. So join me. This is a fascinating conversation with a tremendous amount of profound lessons to learn. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Carol. Really appreciate it. So we're going to start out with the basics. So Johanna, just tell us a bit about your background and a description of your role at Biogen. Thank you, Carol. And thank you again for having me here. I really appreciate it. And uh, we love partnering with you and your team. So I've been fortunate enough to really be working in the field of corporate responsibility for almost 20 years. And out of that, about 15 of those, I found a home within the life science industry, which is really about, you know, trying to address the unmet need of so many devastating diseases. So it really is a fascinating industry to be a part of. So I started my career really focused more on the technical and operational space of corporate responsibility, really having a passion around climate and even energy management. But over time, and even as the field of corporate responsibility has evolved, um, I've evolved my own career. So I, you know, added onto the technical space uh, strategy, 
management systems, and now even communications and more broadly brand management and brand support. Um, and I believe that the field of corporate responsibility has evolved. So it's not just about, you know, CSR or environmental management. It really is ESG. And, you know, at Biogen, I feel like I'm at the nexus of these ESG issues. Um, so driving issues management, our strategy, and our company's reputation and how um, its ESG is really a value add to the business overall. So it's not just looking at these initiatives from a programmatic standpoint, but recognizing the need to frame the issues and message it and connect it to the overall business objectives. And I love that you said that because one of the things that we that you constantly lead your teams to evolve is the operationalizing of this work and the integration across the enterprise. So we're going to start with lessons, because I love having leaders such as yourself on the show and to provide insights because you've seen the field evolve. You have got to bring along your partners across the company um, who may weigh in with uh, content, resources, time, etc. So I'm just curious to the Johanna, what's one or two of your secrets that you are bringing your other colleagues along because they don't wake up every morning. They're scientists. They're researchers. They don't live in your world of ESG. It's identifying where the connection point is to that person, their work, and even personally. So it's finding that opportunity to connect ESG, not just with our own company's purpose, but with whomever or whoever that we're working with. So I think in terms of if it's our science team, our access team, our engineers, um, you know, the people on the manufacturing floor really trying to identify where this work can support their own efforts and their personal goals. And even sometimes in their own personal lives, you know, a lot of people come to this field or even come to work for Biogen because there's a personal connection that they feel passionate about the disease areas that we're working in and what we're trying to do to find life-saving treatments. Biogen's purpose is serving humanity through science. And I think that this works across all aspects of what we're trying to do from a reputation and responsibility effort. It makes it a little bit easier for that connection to uh, have others feel compelled to act. The second thing I'll say is that, you know, it's to not go it alone. So it's always about getting others to act. So influencing others, inspiring and engaging others to advance a shared agenda. So we always need to collaborate with our internal stakeholders as well as external stakeholders uh, to really help us move the needle on some of the most urgent and complex issues of our time. To really move forward on some of the key milestones, we knew that we had to engage our employee base, you know, and our employees were the ones that came to us with several ideas, raised their hands to say, hey, we have some great ideas. We know how we can go fossil fuel free, how we can make an impact on health equity. And here are some of the things that we can do. So I think it, I was really inspired by their purpose driven work and how they came to us. I love that you said that because in your about page on your website, you have this theme line. It's caring deeply, working fearlessly, changing lives. And you've actually trademarked that. And I can tell 
candidly that in our work with you over three years, that's what you're constantly doing. You care incredibly and that you're working fearlessly. And yes, you know, sometimes there is no solution, but you then have to take a zig or a zag. You can feel that in terms of the ethos and the, the culture of the organization. Johanna, I want to talk a little bit more a little about your what drives you. So what inspires you about your work? Honestly, what inspires me is making a difference. I know that that sounds cliche, but I've always felt that I wanted to be part of something that's bigger than myself or be part of something like some type of movement, some type of, not a grand gesture, but something in terms of making an impact in the world. I think that, you know, I grew up in a place where I didn't have a lot um, and I saw that there were a lot of need from many others around the world. And I feel like I wanted to be able to find something that gave back. And I feel like where I am right now, it's a perfect marriage of being able to not only impact the lives of patients, but also to kind of utilize from a corporation, our ethos, our culture, our resources to give back more broadly. And I feel like that that's motivating. It gets me up in the morning, sometimes keeps me up at night for sure. (laughs) Uh, Thinking about all the work and all the possibilities of where we could go as an organization. But I'm definitely fortunate to kind of be in a field where I feel like I can genuinely, incredibly make an impact. You're bringing your your true self and your true potential to work. So let's talk about one of your most exciting initiatives, and that's Healthy Climate, Healthy Lives. Can you explain the derivation of it? You know, what are its components? And by the way, this is, uh, we're having this conversation about a week before Climate Week. So uh, this is a uh, very timely conversation. For quite some time, I've been you know, toying with an idea that we need to have a key signature program at Biogen. We've been doing a number of different things, a number of different programs and projects, but to really bring um, our our purpose and our work into one signature program. And this was right around the time just before the pandemic. And then, of course, the pandemic hit, George Floyd's murder soon after, and there was just a number of issues that came to the forefront when we saw the impacts of the pandemic on a number of different uh, underrepresented uh, populations, um, you know, racial justice issues. And we saw, you know, the changes in the climate as well. And so we knew that we needed to play a stronger role in a number of these issues. And I think when we were kind of coming up with the Healthy Climate, Healthy Lives concept, uh, we were able to kind of find the nexus between climate and where it meets with health and equity. And I will have to say, you know, our leadership played uh, such an, a pivotal role in this as well. And if it wasn't for the passion of our CEO, Michelle Vonatzos, as well as BioShin leadership as a whole, you know, I wouldn't think that we would be able to have the commitment and um, the vision you know, in terms of what we have now with healthy climate, healthy lives. So the root of it is the recognition that the climate crisis is a health crisis. So not only does burning fossil fuels cause climate change, research shows that fossil fuel emissions are a leading cause of death globally, even claiming up to 9 million lives a year. And the scientific research suggests that particular matter from fossil fuels could potentially even harm brain health 
So as pioneers in neuroscience, we knew that we had these issues. It was definitely the right time because there was so much happening in the world. And we just knew that we had to act at Biogen. There's three main pillars to the program. The first one is about going fossil fuel free. And in fact, we became, with the launch of this initiative, the first Fortune 500 company to commit to going fossil fuel free, beginning with zero emissions from our operations by 2030 in the US and in 2040 globally. So that means that we need to address the complex challenge of running a global company and developing these life-saving treatments, but entirely by renewable energy. So we're working to convert everything from our R&D processes and labs to our manufacturing facilities, even to our vehicle fleet. We're also addressing the use of our plastics as part of this and working to engage our suppliers. So um, as part of this initiative, we've also committed to a net zero supply chain by 2045. And already 18% of Biogen's top suppliers by spend have set or pledged to set um, science-based targets initiative or SBTI approved targets. So this, to me, this pillar is is the bulk of the work that we're doing. And so we ha- we haven't said the size of the commitment. So uh, we let's let's just pause here because this isn't like a ten million dollar commitment, and this isn't like a five year. Explain the size of this commitment, and then I'd love to know what was the response from your senior leaders, your supply chain, you know, customers, patients. What sort of response did you get? It's a big deal. Healthy Climate Health Lives is a 250 million 20 year commitment to accelerate action on climate health inequity. So we launched this in September of 2020. Right during the pandemic. During the pandemic. (laughs) Everyone's at office, right? We were all remote. It took months of pitching and and evolving. There were a number of stakeholders, a number of colleagues that I worked with to gain insight and input into what the initiative should be, what our goals should be, how can we be leaders and visionary, um, and also realistic, right? Like, what can we realistically control and and support as well? And so as we were meeting with various stakeholders across the organization, community members, experts, leaders, even externally, and Biogen leaders, it was really great feedback. Of course, we had a lot of criticism and challenging and saying, okay, but can you do this? What does this make sense? Where does the health equity fit in? How can you really go fossil fuel free knowing the footprint that you have. Um, and at the time, we were building our largest manufacturing facility to date in Solothur in Switzerland. So there was a number of factors coming to a head. But our leaders and our people, they were like, yes, we have to do it. People were like unwavered by the big price tag or the long-term commitment, right? I would say that the one thing that was beneficial is that we did have feedback to say, that's great for 2040, but what can we do now? What can we do in the short term? So we were able to create a roadmap that has some interim milestones just to make sure that we're making and taking action all along the way. And I, I know that you engaged your employees, that you had an innovation challenge. Can you talk about that? Because you got a, you got almost 200 submissions of ideas. The other pillar of our initiative is about engaging our employees. You know, employees are our biggest asset at Biogen. 
And we are working to engage them not only at work, but even in their home and in the larger community. We knew that we wanted to work with our employees for their expertise and ideas. We have some of the best scientific minds and engineering minds in the business. So we wanted to harness that energy, harness that resource, and help us in terms of figuring out our roadmap and the actions that we can take to achieve our goal. So we launched first an employee resource network called Our Impact, and they're all about how we can make an impact at the work and in the broader community. And then we also introduced new employee benefits to help enable our own employees to make personal choices at their home and their everyday living to switch to fossil fuel-free technology or for them to go to have renewable electricity at their home. Uh, So this benefit really helps to make things a little bit more accessible and realistic for them. And and was very innovative. It was very. I mean, has has any other company done this? Well, I know some companies have some benefits, but I think the amount of benefits that we have and the amount of money that we were supporting our employees on, I think was key. So already we are proud to say that we have nearly 15% of Biogen's total global workforce involved or engaged in some shape or form in healthy climate health lives, whether they're working on initiatives, working on it at home or in their broader community. So it's very exciting. The first year, so in 2021, after we initially launched Healthy Climate Health Lives, we did hold an innovative challenge. And we were able to launch a program that says, hey team, you know, for any idea or for the top ideas, we're going to give a monetary incentive you know, a kind of reward for the top ideas that's going to help us go fossil fuel free or help us meet our goals when it comes to health and health equity. So we had, you know, almost like 10% of the workforce supporting, um, coming up with different ideas. We had over 100 ideas that were still sifting through and trying to figure out how we can engage and, and incorporate that into our overall strategy. But the winning ideas was everything from a new and improved packaging for some of our therapies to even some new technology at our operational sites at, to reduce waste. So it was very exciting and very well done. So that's your internal constituents, and you really got them on board and excited and energized. Now, you also had some very significant partners um, with MIT and Harvard. So can you talk about that? Because you can't, as you said, do this alone. It's a collaborative effort. It was, you know, very innovative and far. You got big ambition. So how did you choose those two and what are their roles? So our third pillar is all around strategic collaborations because we want to advance the science and advance the work around climate health inequity. So in terms of uh, some partners, we're, we're fortunate to be working with great leaders like the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, as well as the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and even MIT. And so we have so many collaborations underway um, with our these global leaders and suppliers. One of the key issues that we identified as part of this initiative is community health clinics. They are the ones on the front lines serving patients and who are the front lines in dealing with the climate crisis. And so we approached uh, Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and AmeriCare's And at the time, they were developing the first ever resource to help U.S. clinics protect patients vulnerable to heat, which is a key detriment around climate. 
so one of the things that we're working with them on is developing a toolkit to help these clinics and patients navigate the increasingly common climate risks. And uh, we hope to deliver those resources later this year. And we hope that this will serve over 200, uh, 2,500 frontline clinics and 10 million healthcare providers. And the clinics are in the U.S. and abroad or just abroad? We're starting with the U.S., but we already have connections with some clinics abroad, and we hope that these resources will extend more globally. So the other collaboration I want to mention is MIT. Now, I will have to say, you know, both Harvard and MIT are in our backyard at Cambridge, in Cambridge, uh, so right near our biogen headquarters. So it was really great to have some of these leading minds on climate, and uh, it was very easy to kind of turn to them for assistance. Um, so with MIT, we're actually developing a state-of-the-art model on how various climate actions can impact public health. This is a new tool, a new resources, new resource, which we hope um, to give policymakers and other stakeholders a game-changing tool to make data-driven decisions, and hopefully one where they can set new targets so that they can deliver not just on climate commitments and environmental benefits, but health benefits at the same time. So this is important because, for example, the American Lung Association reports that people of color are over three times more likely than white people to be exposed to the most polluted air. This tool will help with various air pollution scenarios. So when we're making decisions um, and tackling that, um, this will be a benefit not just to the environment, but also to public health. This is the area of healthy climate health lives that I find the most fascinating. I love this idea of the research, and this is truly about making an impact, not just locally, but globally. And, and it's it's interesting because healthy climate, healthy lives is a broad umbrella and it's got a 20 year view and it allows you to truly encompass current needs as well as evolving needs. So kudos to you. I would love to shift to another part of your great work, which is your community lab. I mean, you truly this is a, this year was your 20th year, 20 years of caring deeply. Um, you have impacted over 60,000 students, especially underserved. And, you know, I know when we talk that you are very passionate about this. You are going really deep to make an impact with youth so that they, especially underserved, can go into the sciences where they are underserved and other underrepresented and really flourish. So share with our listeners why this isn't just a foundation giving a grant. This is truly rolling up the sleeves and making an impact. You know, 2022 does mark the 20th anniversary of the Biogen Foundation and Community Lab. So it's all about 20 years of caring deeply in our communities this year. And for those who aren't familiar, our Community Lab is the nation's longest-running, hands-on, free corporate science education program. So uh, our Community Lab is composed of several state-of-the-art hybrid facilities that engage middle and high school students in biotechnology experiments and interactions with scientists and other biotech professionals. So we marry the world of actual experiments and curriculum focused on biotechnology, but we try to expose and bring in our own experts and our own scientists to give that sense of, for the students, of what it could be being a scientist in the biotechnology field. So we first opened our community lab in 2002 in Cambridge. 
uh, at our headquarters. And we hosted, you know, two one-week sessions with 50 students, you know, extracting DNA from living cells. Um, and since then, the Community Lab has reached more than 61,000 students globally. So that's about 25 countries. And it's really about trying to inspire these students, open their eyes to the excitement and possibilities of careers in science. But I will want to say that we try to focus on recruiting students from backgrounds that are are historically underrepresented in science and really trying to introduce them to the wide array of career options in the biotech industry. That's so important. And that's where we feel exposing them to our scientists, uh, diverse scientists, to so that they can see themselves in our own scientists. So for example, this year in our summer program alone, 50% of our students come from low-income families, 59% are female or non-binary, and 34% are from Black, Latino, or other populations historically underrepresented in STEM. And do you have a favorite story? Um, I, I know whenever I, I get together with you, you go, oh, I got to tell you about the student from the community lab. So share one with us, please. Honestly, there are so many stories. We're fortunate to be touched by these students. But one student stood out over the past couple of years. Um, his name is Juan. Uh, he is now 18. And he participated in our virtual biotech in action program, which is a program that we actually partnered with the Lemelson MIT program. So we met Juan and he really had a desire to help others through engineering. His father was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease when he was just a child. And his mother really wanted to make sure that he had a creative outlet um, and was feeling worried about his father. So she researched various programs related to STEM and she came across our program. So the community lab helped Juan uh, learn more about Parkinson's disease and the challenges uh, people with this disease face. And, he, you know, he was motivated and kind of helped turn his sadness in dealing with his father into a sense of purpose. Um, he was able to make connections with the instructions and the speakers, and he felt uh, it opened up a variety of opportunities for him where he started sketching a prototype for a glove, like a motorized silicone glove glove to help his father increase mobility in his hand. So he's exploring other ways to help those living with mobility challenges now. And he's going to be heading off to UMass um, uh, Boston to study physics and engineering. And we're just so proud of him. You know, it's just one story where our teachings partnered with our resources and accessibility of our scientists and those, including at Lemos and MIT, it kind of made it possible for Juan to develop a solution that not only helps his dad, but also those struggling with mobility. That's a great story. And I also know for the 20th, you have, you're launching Biogen Community Lab 2.0. So can you, so you're not stopping, you're always applying this innovation um, to the foundation, to your efforts. So can you chat a little bit about where it's going to go in the future? And we're saying 2.0 because we really truly believe it is an enhanced neuroscience curriculum. Um, so part of this is looking at our current curriculum and really trying to develop new uh, modules, new teachings in the field of neuroscience. Uh, we also just recently launched a, an alumni network, um, giving students um, ongoing support 
and a connection to their peers, as well as a connection to those uh, Biogen employees who can provide advice on school and even career. This was really important for us because we recognized that our work, um, you know, the work needed to eliminate the barriers to STEM education and even careers go beyond the participation in our programs. We needed a way to stay in touch with these students and provide them with the resources to stay on the path of a STEM education and STEM career. So we've set a goal to engage a total of nearly 90,000 students in STEM by 2025. And we want to focus on those historically underrepresented science. So we have our work cut out for us, but we do think that through the alumni network, some Biogen Foundation programs in STEM, and our enhanced global and uh, enhanced curriculum overall, we can achieve our goals. And I assume that you have hired some of those students over the past 20 years to come into the Biogen family. Uh, We've had a number of Biogen employees that have been um, community lab attendees as well, um, and even interns. So it's really great to kind of keep tabs to see where they are now and make it an impact. And, and you can tell from the animation, the increased animation in Johanna's uh, voice that she thought that that's really touches her um, very, very personally. One of the things I want to just pivot another um, another direction to reporting. One of the things you do exceedingly well is that when you when you believe in transparency in reporting, like what are our goals, what have we reached, what haven't we, um, you you put a lot of data in there, um, and then you you fulfill this every single year, and it also allows for our listeners who are wondering about, oh my God, it's such it's so arduous to do all this reporting, but the benefits are tremendous. And I always love when Just Capital comes out with their latest Just 100 and I'm looking down where our clients, you know, and there you've got Biogen right near the top. And then they have their subsection rankings and you're always there. So talk about your reporting. How do you get it done? How do you get over the pain of it and its benefits? This is a subject near and dear to my heart. I will have to say I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, when it comes to reporting, I am one of those people that actually read all the different <laughs> ratings and rankings, all their metrics and methodology. I actually read ESG reports from companies all around the world and know the data, who's doing what, how they report the results. So I am one of those people. So I think, you know, having a little bit of that passion uh, can go a long way. But I will have to say, you know, Biogen is a science-based company. So we believe in the data and the power of data to help identify opportunities, shape our strategy, and track our progress. Data disclosure can build trust. And I'm proud to say that Biogen works to understand and respond to evolving stakeholder expectations around transparent reporting on key material ESG issues. So this past year, or in 2021, we conducted a new materiality assessment that engaged over 5,000 stakeholders, from employees internally to externally, healthcare professionals, patient advocates, government officials, and various community groups. We also reached out to a variety of shareholders. Those perspectives from these stakeholders have helped to inform our approach to ESG programs, but also disclosures and reporting. And we want to continue to listen to these stakeholders and learn from them. So they were able to tell us a little bit about the issues that they care about and what we should be reporting on. 
In addition, we've continued to report in accordance with evolving and the latest and greatest reporting guidelines out there. So the Global Reporting Initiative, SASB, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, they've been priority for us. And uh, we try to remain nimble as possible with ESG reporting expectations because these standards shift all the time. I know most recently we've aligned with the WEF stakeholder capitalism metrics. And this year we were an early adopter of the new UN Global Compact Framework. So I think it's keeping a pulse on these various reporting frameworks and how they're evolving in because I think we all have a goal to try to ensure transparent, effective, credible reporting across the board. So we were one of the first companies to disclose our EEO1 data. So that's our U.S. um, Equal Employment Opportunity data. And this year, we were able to share the results of our global pay equity analysis and pay gap analysis. So I believe that is this kind of transparency that not only matters to our stakeholders, but really also helps us to garner recognition. So for example, we've been leading on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index for nine years and have been ranked among Just Capital's Just 100. So as the ratings and rankings evolve, the reporting standards evolve, we're trying to keep a pulse. But I think it's, you know, I would, I will say when it comes to transparent disclosure, there's an internal component to it. So it's not just saying, okay, your external stakeholders care about it or this rating or ranking says that we have to do it. You have to instill a sense of transparency into your own culture. And with Biogen, I think, um, you know, we have a number of subject matter experts that we work with. Our legal team was a key stakeholder group. Every time that we want to try to come up with a new metric or that we want to disclose for the first time, they are a key group and a great partner in these ongoing conversations uh, to improve our ESG transparency. And I love that you brought up legal because I hear so often from my colleagues that we want to do X, Y, and Z and we can't get it past legal. Do you have any secrets of how um, you do create this deep partnership so that you're getting um, a better reporting product? I think it's, it's engagement and engage early. So you can't just go to them, okay, your report's due in 30 days and expect a legal to move mountains, you know, for them to agree on it. I, you know, I've been at Biogen a little over seven years and I've been working and partnering with legal ever since the day I started. And I, you know, continuing to work with them to strengthen the idea about why we need to do this, the benefits of doing it, how it adds value to the business. And fortunately, legal, they also sit at the forefront of, you know, our shareholders and our shareholder resolutions and dealing with some of the key corporate governance issues that's a top of mind of some of these key stakeholders. And so they even have come to us on key issues and how do we disclose like more recently around uh, human rights issues. So I think that with legal, it's a gauge often and engage early and, um, and also try to present, um, all angles of different stakeholder feedback, stakeholder advice, I think, because something may be legally required, but I think there's always, well, let me see how to phrase this. I feel like with legal, there's never just a no, right? Like you can always work with them to massage or edit the text or get to a point 
whether it's safe harbor language or whatever you have to do to get to the point of yes with them. And I think that that has been key with our legal team uh, for quite some time. Well, good for you. And and the fact that you started from day one or pretty early to day one working with legal uh, speaks a lot to your ability to do a lot of reporting. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. And I think for our listeners, pearls of wisdom, pearls, pearls, pearls of wisdom. What are you, you at the beginning of our conversation? You talked a little bit about insights. Can you build on those insights so that our colleagues that are listening are going to be inspired by your experience to truly push forward in their organizations? Absolutely. So I would say the first thing is the yes mentality. I do feel like this is something in this field of ESG and corporate responsibility in a field that has ups and downs and issues that come at you in any every shape or form. Um, you need to be able to adapt, evolve, and be able to think about a solution when there may not be a solution in the forefront. Like you may be able to, you know, be the creative ones, be the visionary ones and keep hope alive in terms of, you know, especially when you have headwinds in an organization, a lack of resources, a lack of funding. You know, I really feel like that yes mentality has um, enabled uh, some of the great work that we've done, uh, especially uh, over the past 20 years in this field. The other thing is to don't go it alone, to find good partners, you know, internally in your organizations, whether you're at a company, a nonprofit, government agency, there are always people who, you know, want to be engaged, who want to be inspired, and who want to try to make a difference. And I think you just have to kind of, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to kind of sift out those people and identify those who who have that, who share a similar passion and have that mindset, you know, people that I can draw upon. It's interesting to do some of our initiatives and to achieve our goals. It's not like any of this work is in anybody's job description. So let's be honest, it's not even in mine. Um, but we, we are now, you know, how do you get and enable people to work with you and influence them uh, to work with you along this journey. And honestly, I don't care if it's an intern or a co-op or a person who's only been here for four months or a person who's been here for 20 years. You know, it's really trying to find those people who have that yes mentality, who are willing to kind of take some part of their day to help focus on this issue. Um, so I think that is definitely important. The last thing I'll say is really connecting this work your ESG work with your company's purpose and trying to engage in intercompany strategy overall so that when you're there at all hand meetings or that you have leaders talking about your goals and priorities, you can see a clear connection. I do think that we're getting to the point where it is not a nice to have. This is a must have and actually a driver of business value. And I think Biogen was, you know, we're fortunate that Biogen has recognized this early on. And I think more and more companies, you know, not just the large Fortune 500 companies, but the small and mid-sized companies now are starting to use that to their advantage as well. Brilliantly stated. So we're so sorry to end this, but I always love to give the last word to my guest. So is there anything that you feel that you want to, you know, reemphasize or just a concluding comment? You know, Carol, the one thing I, or just in my years of reflecting on this field, because I've seen ESG kind of evolve to where it is now. And, and 
it, it's amazing to where it is. Like, I feel like before I had a fight or kick and scream or say, hey, this is why you should care about climate. This is why you should care about, you know, the community or health equity. And now I feel like, you know, it's embedded in our strategy. We're moving forward. It's becoming an enabler of business value. I just want to remind people that there is an element of, you know, humility to this and a sense of perseverance, right? Like some companies, you know, can be at the top of the rankings, either number one or in the top 10, and then next year fall off the rankings, right? That's how quickly things can change. And it's also as the issues evolve, right? You might be leading on one area, but you might not have scratched the surface on another issue. And that issue is now garnering attention, you know? So I think it's having the long-term view, knowing that in this field, there may be some short-term hurdles and challenges that happen, but having the perseverance to see the long-term, see the vision and keep the momentum, keep the spirit up and that positivity that of what could be and how you can make an impact. I think is important. And then lastly, that sense of being humble. Yes, we talk about we've been a leading biotech and in these issues. But at the same time, you know, I have to say a lot of our peers are catching up and even excelling in a lot of other areas. And, you know, it's something that we're constantly watching, and it just empowers us to do better more of the time. And I think that what I also stress leaders is to be humble and to come approach it, because all that we want to do is to try to make a difference and make an impact in the lives, not only for our patients, but in our communities. And uh, we're starting to see the impacts and the benefits of that, but we're still a long way from where we want to be. That's a wonderful closing to a phenomenal conversation. Um, Listeners, there's a tremendous amount of wisdom. Johanna, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Truly, you can feel the cultural impact of this woman leading her team, leading her agency. Yes, uh, working with Carol Cohn on purpose. And so she's constantly driving us because she wants to be part of transforming neuroscience to benefit society. Neuroscience is the next frontier. Biogen believes it. They live it and breathe it in everything they do. And you've heard today that when you inspire people, they will then become essential to address the world's greatest challenges. So thank you, Johanna. This has been a great conversation. And to our listeners, please share this when we we post it. It's going to be posted right before Climate Week. There's great insights for Climate Week. What is your healthy climate, healthy lives? And when you find the answer to that, you're going to have a very, very powerful way to say what is the power of your purpose. So thank you so much and continue doing great work. This podcast was brought to you by some amazing people, and I'd love to thank them. Ann Hundertmark and Kristen Kenny at Carol Cone on Purpose, Pete Wright and Andy Nelson, our crack production team at True Story FM, and you, our listener. You know, we love hearing from you, so please give us feedback. Let us know names of people you'd like to hear on a future episode. How about some new questions to ask? And also, please rate and rank us because we really want to be as high as possible as one of the top business podcasts available. 
so that we can continue exploring together the importance and the activation of authentic purpose. We all know every company, every brand, every not-for-profit must define their purpose, refine it, and activate it and evolve it over time so it has the greatest impact on business, growth, and society. And by listening to these episodes and sharing them with your colleagues and talking about them, I want to inspire you to have an amazing answer to this question. What is the power of your purpose? Thanks so much for listening.